Mic's up. Happy Tuesday, everybody, and oh, welcome to the David Glenn Show. Hope your afternoon is off to a fantastic start. We have some extra fun stuff in store for you today as we come at you live from the Queen City of Charlotte, North Carolina. We are at the 2019 ACC Operation Basketball event, and how's this for a lineup? The five-time national champion and Hall of Famer, Mike Krzyzewski, this hour. The three-time national champion and Hall of Famer, Roy Williams, this hour. They will sit down with us at the David Glenn Show table. We'll talk college basketball, of course. Hall of Famer Jim Beheim among our guests, second hour. National champion Tony Bennett among our guests in hour number three. As we come at you live in almost 300 North Carolina cities and towns on our statewide platform, we will include some updates on the NFL. Your Carolina Panthers are headed to London to take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Some updates on the NBA. The confrontation with China continues, and guess what? Chinese officials did not like part of what NBA Commissioner Adam Silver had to say about that latest quagmire. College football is on our minds. App State's on national TV tomorrow night. The undefeated Mountaineers at Louisiana in an ESPN2 game. NC State hosts Syracuse on Thursday night. ESPN proper, 8 o'clock. UVA goes against Miami on Friday night, another exclusive window for the ACC. And then Saturday, there are matchups near and afar worth considering. We'll get to more of those later this week. The Major League Baseball playoffs continue today. There, have been a, an, a, there has been an elimination. The Yankees are on to the American League Championship Series. The Astros and the Rays play today. Tomorrow, there are two do-or-die NLDS elimination games. Cardinals at Braves. A lot of Atlanta fans here in our statewide audience, and understandably so. Nationals at Dodgers in the nightcap. That'll be tomorrow again. But we're all ACC, and we're all basketball today. As we come at you from what they call Uptown Charlotte, they call it downtown in most other cities, we have caught up with already ACC Commissioner John Swafford, Georgia Tech's head coach Josh Pastner, Florida State's Leonard Hamilton. We will have Danny Manning of Wake Forest. We will have Kevin Keats of NC State. We will not be able to squeeze everybody into the live edition of today's program. So remember, whereas we are going to bring you Mike Krzyzewski and Roy Williams this hour, we are going to bring you Jim Beheim and others next hour. We are going to bring you Tony Bennett of UVA and others third hour. We cannot include all 15 ACC head coaches in today's program. We'll bring you up to date on those other headlines throughout the show in between our guests. But we have some of the biggest coaches in modern college basketball history dropping by including Kay and Roy and Jim Beheim and Tony Bennett. Mike Bray of Notre Dame will be with us. Chris Mack has a preseason national contender at Louisville this year. Remember, he kind of overachieved last year in his first season with the Cardinals. A lot of folks, including me, have Louisville up there uh, with the likes of Duke again at the top of the ACC pecking order. We all know UVA and UNC are going to be good again. We'll have... Jeff Capel of Pitt dropping by. We'll have the in-state coaches in all four cases. Jim Laranega of Miami always stops by. We'll get to as many as we can during the course of the live portion of today's program. Remember, those who follow us at ACC Sports on Twitter, at David Glenn Show, 
all of our ACC-oriented interviews, way beyond what we can bring to you live today, will make it to that website at accsports.com during the course of today and then later today as we're on location in Charlotte but headed back to be in studio tomorrow and Thursday in Raleigh. Then we head back out for one other big event. We'll be at the SAS Championship at Prestonwood Country Club in Cary along with the legends of golf, Freddie Couples, Davis Love III, Bernhard Longer, Colin Montgomery, on location in Cary Friday, on location right now in Charlotte as we celebrate ACC basketball. Did you know that nine of the last 19 men's basketball NCAA titles, almost half, nine of 19, have been won by schools that are current members of the Atlantic Coast Conference. That is as dominant as it gets, folks. And this league's won three of the last six college football titles as well. Two for Clemson, one for Florida State. That one's easy to forget. When you're winning half the football titles and about half, in this case, the basketball titles over a two-decade period almost, you have to be considered among the best in the business, even among the Power Five leagues. I'll tell you some highlights from John Swafford's State of the ACC address from this morning that we attended, and we're able to ask one of the questions there. We'll talk with Mike Krzyzewski on the other side, Roy Williams later this hour, Jim Beheim, Tony Bennett, and other coaches dropping by during the course of today's show. Again, if you don't hear your favorite coach today, he'll either be on the program tomorrow or you can catch the interview at accsports.com. Let me just throw it back to the studio now. And when we return, the five-time national champion and Hall of Famer, former head coach of USA Basketball, he has another great group of freshmen after sending Zion Williamson and friends off to the NBA. Mike Krzyzewski joins us next on the David Glenn Show. Roy Williams, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Last year, two chains came walking by, and he reached his hand down and uh, shook my hand and said, two chains. And about five seconds after he walked away, I said, I missed a great opportunity. I should have said three rings. <laughs> Keep it here on the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Our next guest is a five-time NCAA champion. He led our U.S. national team to all sorts of gold medals and other success as well. Last year's team was both the ACC champion and an Elite Eight participant. Mike Krzyzewski even gets to coach a grandson for the first time, at least at Duke this year. Coach K, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. It's it is nice uh, having my grandson on the team. Well, I would imagine so. Does either your daughter, Debbie, or your wife, Mickey, have requests, demands, expectations? or what is what He used to call you Poppy, right? Yeah, what does no, he even he call you now? He calls me Coach. <laughs> uh, he'd lose a lot of street cred if he <laughs> called Poppy. But, uh, no, uh, my family's good, and although we haven't played a game yet. and uh, <laughs> But Michael's, Michael's playing time will be... Uh, not very much, <laughs> let's put it that way. <laughs> he has to earn it like everybody yeah, else. Yeah. Hey, before we get into your Duke team, you are no longer the USA basketball head coach, but that has been a part of your fiber for a long, long time. The baton has been passed to Greg Popovich, and there was a disappointing finish at the World Cup. Yeah. What is your two cents on just how USA basketball gets back to something that you helped reinstate, more top guys saying yes more often? Yeah, well, I think, uh, one, it's tough to maintain uh, being undefeated or you know, and and 
the change in calendar hurt. Uh, used to be every two years, it'd either be the Olympics and then two years later the World Champs Championship or World Cup. And after we won in Rio, they uh, they put a like more of a soccer or football format in, into it, and so it's now 19 and one year before the Olympics. And when it finished, was a, a week later they're starting. NBA training camps, so participation was much more difficult for Coach Popovich, and and uh, he'll he'll have it all together. You know, he's a you know, he's a great coach, a great guy, and I've spent time with him. And um, but it's not easy. It's it's not easy, and but we'll uh, we'll get it back together for the Olympics. You put out a statement saying that you're uncertain of the complexities of the California law right. and the future of the amateur model in college sports. Um, how do you boil down your thoughts? You know the argument is the NCAA enjoys the free market to make billions of dollars. You enjoy the free market to make millions of dollars. What about third-party money for these top athletes? Well, I, again, it's, I don't think it's the answer. You, can, you can't just answer that question. You have to take a look at. That's why it's very complex, because you're you're going to change. You have to change the definition of of what you think the collegiate model is, uh, what amateurism, and uh, there, there's more. It, it it's complex, and uh, I think the NCAA has moved in the right direction over the last few years. In fact, I know they have and giving more to the student athletes. It's much better. Now, but we're, we're, we've been catching up to decades of never doing anything. And the landscape for these kids has changed. And it uh, has continued to change, but we haven't changed along the way. And so everything is kind of hitting at one time. You know, and by the end of the season, I'm sure there'll be dozens of states that'll pass this legislation, and they may not wait till 2023. Right. And uh, so it's uh, a pressing need to take a look at the whole thing. And what do we do for the kids that we have the honor to bring into our institutions and coach? And yeah, it, it's, it's not gonna be answered by just saying, I like this or I don't like it. Right? The, and I think the coaching fraternity has to get really involved and that means a reorganization of the NABC, National Association of Basketball Coaches. I, I'm not against any other divisions, but I think we need to have a division of just Division One, and we to, we need as coaches to act more like a union and rep, and looking out for the interests of the game and specifically the interests of the players. Uh, the players have no advo advocates and the coaches association is not strong right now or organized to the level that it needs to be. In other words, you're asking me about this. You can then ask eight other coaches. Yeah. And we'll all have different views of it. And what we should as a coaching fraternity, just like a union, like here's what the coaches think. It's always been this way, David. And yeah. And that's that's not the way to run a railroad, you know, or an airline business or something that's going to sustain a billion-dollar business. And uh, 
So uh, this, is a, a, this is a great time for everyone who benefits from the game to make sure we take care of the game and the kids who play the game. That's how I look at it. Mike Krzyzewski is joining us on the David Glenn Show. For those who don't follow this stuff quite as intensely, remember that Zion Williamson has moved on. R.J. Barrett has moved on. Cam Reddish has moved on. Those three guys as NBA lottery picks. Trey Jones is back for his sophomore year at point guard. And Coach K has a, an intriguing blend of veteran talent and yet another amazing incoming freshman class. The Zion phenomenon, I mean, continues to be worldwide. We've seen you send other number one picks to the NBA, uh, and I would get, you know, Elton Brand has to be one of your best pros right. ever. Grant Hill, high pick. Kyrie Irving, a high pick. I don't know if your brain works in, the, in projecting guys to the next level because your job is a college sports head coach. Uh, does Zion have a chance, if he stays healthy, of being the greatest pro that you have ever sent to the NBA? Yeah, well, I think he has a chance to be an all-star. And then it'll de determine. We still have we have 26 guys in the pros <laughs> right now, so they all right have now. they all have a chance to to be <laughs> whatever crazy. level they're going to be at. <laughs> and uh, uh, but Zion, David has uh, uh, star quality. He has star ability, but he also has the people skills to handle the attention. He has fun. And he's really smart, and he's a great teammate. And so he will, if you're going to be a great player, you have to figure out how to positively affect your environment. It, not just how you play, but how do you affect everyone else. And he has, he has the ability to make a very positive impact in that regard. And, and he's with an organization. It's an exciting team. I watched them. Uh, last night, an exhibition against uh, Atlanta. And uh, a kid who's going to benefit greatly is Lonzo Ball. Yeah. Because he is, his first thing that he does is pass. And when he was with the Lakers, with LeBron, who's a great player and a great friend, he had, his first thing that he had to do was shoot. And so when you're not doing the best thing that you can do first, it has... Uh, negative impact but if like with Lonzo he's gonna get three or four assists with Zion that all of a sudden his shots gonna be better uh, no really it, it'll all uh, he's gonna make people better and he's and he's gonna make people better I like I like the environment that he's in and the city he's in he's uh, you know they've embraced him and he's more of a small town not that New Orleans is but smaller than New York and Chicago yeah. so uh, he, he's got he's, he's got a chance to be something terrific as a young guy I had the privilege of talking to your old colleague and friend Dean Smith quite a bit yeah. and I, to this day I remember his answers to things like defining success and I've told you I'm so glad you have your own show so you get to talk about beyond basketball right. and other things I wonder do you define success <laughs> similarly now in your early 70s as you did before because you know how this goes like coach smith used to often say hey it's harder to win the regular season title than it is to get hot for three days at the acc tournament and in recent years i mean you were the acc champion last year but the last two years if one possession goes the other way you might be the national champion but you're not how do you i mean everybody looks to you for leadership how do you define success when sometimes those margins are razor thin yeah well 
if my team, like I thought we had a great year last year, and uh, it was too bad that Zion got hurt, and we could have been eliminated by Johnny Dawkins' team, and but if Zion had not been hurt, I don't think we have those close games then. We may have been beaten by Michigan State uh, uh, anyway, but uh, we'd have gotten there with a, a more of an accomplished ego. And, and when I, and so I look at it, I said, you know, we're that close to winning or losing. Like, it was a hell of a year. We had 32 wins and, and uh, but when Dean, Dean is one of the greatest in any sport of all time. It was a different time too. Yeah. Like if you were, it's not, you know, sometimes the regular season, you, you, some of it, it's one game even in the regular season. And you may have had the, you may not have, you may have had just a little bit easier schedule and it just takes one game. So someone like for us, uh, you haven't won the regular season. It's not, it's, it's not equal. You know, the tournament isn't equal either, but you know, you try to win whatever you want, what you can win and get, be ready for the overall tournament. That's the NCAAs. I mean, I, I think we're def we define ourselves or we advance. And, uh, trying for that elusive prize. It's not that easy to win. It that's, is not. That's why, and we've been fortunate, we've won five, but you know, a lot of great programs haven't won any, or won, and and because uh, there's only one winner, you know, it's not 40 teams going to bowl games, like in football, or 80 teams going to yeah, bowl. Yeah, yeah. Uh, out of 120, there's one winner our sport can be very very cruel yeah, yeah. <laughs> mike krzyzewski knows the ups and the downs well far more ups than downs last year was an extreme rarity i don't know if it's your team was the only in the history of ncaa basketball but it is incredibly rare that your four best players are all true freshmen right three have moved on what changes for you as a coach or what changes for your leadership group trey stays and it feels like a more traditional balance of quality veterans and amazingly talented freshmen. Well, your point is, your question and point is a good one because uh, this is the first year in a long time, probably since 2015, where we had the veteran leadership to go along with an outstanding fre uh, freshman class. It was a national championship. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I would hope that it does that. But uh, really, uh, having Trey back, is huge, but where Javin and uh, Delorier and Jack White are is huge. You know, they're confident about who they are. They're older. Uh, they've been through it, and uh, and this freshman class looks to them. Whereas, not that Zion and RJ did not look to them, but they didn't need to look at. Yeah, right. Our freshmen need to look for some guidance, and uh, our upper class is giving it to them. What that creates is more of an old-fashioned, uh, for me, an old-fashioned team. So they've been great so far. Uh, I, you know, I, there's not much separation. So like there has been, you put a starting five out there the last couple of years, and then holy macro, it's different. For us, it could be a 
a number of different combinations out there. Coach Bayheim, your good friend, turns 75 next month, mm -hmm. and just numerically, he becomes the oldest head coach in the history of Division I men's basketball. Wow. Uh, do you guys have any just for fun? I'm never retiring until you do. Well, and, and what is your broader outlook? I picture, Coach, a mic drop moment for you. you you're not, yeah. as a West Point guy, you're probably not wired this way. But go out with a national title. Don't tell anybody ahead of time and just say, all right, see y'all later. Well, I'd like to be put in that position. See, <laughs> why don't you arrange that? I wish I had that, that kind of power. And man. if I <laughs> felt that Have way. Have you ever dreamt that? No. 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 Okay. You know, I don't, I don't dream of endings uh, of that. I dream sometimes of an ending of a game. Okay. But, uh, you know, Jim and I are, are great friends. And. We're very similar in the fact that we've stayed at, he's, he's been at his school even longer than me. But uh, we got in it for the right, not, well, we got in it for the same reason. We really wanted to teach and coach, and we love basketball. And so when you retire, I think you retire because maybe you grow tired of what you're doing, or, you know, it could be sickness or whatever, or you... You, you want to do something you love. Well, you're already doing what you love, and you're not sick, and I think I should still do this. Ride and, it out, man. Yeah, and uh, I, I think we both feel the same way. I don't, uh, and, but when the time is right, and then I'll just do it. You know, it won't be, a, <laughs> I, I, I would like to be tested that way, uh, to win uh, our, a national championship and see if I'm still going to do it. You're being pulled to your next car wash interview. I'm going to save a J.J. Redick question for your next visit with us. Mm -hmm. He once he shared with us that you once told him he did not yet deserve to be a national champion, and that always stuck with him. But I'm, I'm out of time, so I'll just leave you with this. Quinn Cook told us that your love for Beyonce has extended to such extremes. He said that after bad games or practices, you would put Beyonce rehearsals up in the film room for the motivation of the Blue Devils. No, is, is not, <laughs> not rehearsals. We did it one time where what we're trying to say is if you want to be a great player or a great team, you have to practice great. Hmm. And, uh, and so we showed her in a dressing, her dressing room with her background, belting out a song before she went on. And, uh, and then if you oh, get, that's cool. yeah. And so if you practice at that level, then the ambiance of the crowd and whatever might lift you higher. But if you don't practice and get yourself to a certain level, then don't expect the crowd to you know, take you to where you're supposed to be. And I'm a big believer in that. Cool stuff. Thank yeah. you, as always, right. for answering our calls and today for the in-person visit on the David Glenn Show. All right. Thank you, guys. You got it. Mike Krzyzewski, the 40th year, the 40th year head coach of the Duke Blue Devils, a five-time national champion, a mega-time ACC champion, last year's ACC champion, also another trip to the Elite Eight for Mike Krzyzewski. For those who don't know the details, remember, you do have... Trey Jones back for his sophomore season at point guard. That's huge. The guy played 34 minutes a game last year. Incredible leader, incredible distributor, really good defender, et cetera. He'll be an improved version of himself. 
You have Javin Delorier back for his senior year. You have Jack White back for his senior year. You have Jordan Goldwire and Alex O'Connell back for their junior seasons at guard. You have Joey Baker back. And then come the four freshmen. Seriously, I've been at this for 33 years. I think for 33 years in a row, I have said, hey, man, wait till you see Coach K's freshman. I mean, seriously, 33 years in a row. That's insane. Anyway, this year their names include Vernon Carey Jr. He's a big fella. Uh, he's kind of a thick, burly, strong dude with some great touch. Seen him in high school. A guy named Matthew Hurt is a kind of a stretch forward, 6'9 guy, really skilled and talented. How many great players has Kay had at a stretch forward type position even before they used to call it that, right? Ferry and Leitner and Matthew Hurt's a really good player, five-star guy out of Minnesota. A guy from our state, Wendell Moore Jr., is back or, or entering Duke as another four-star guy. And Cassius Stanley is a wing player who just set like the vertical leap record in the Blue Devils preseason. It is an unbelievable roster, and that's why Duke, along with Coach K, is again one of the favorites nationally and one of the favorites in the ACC. Appreciate Mike Krzyzewski for his extended visit here on the David Glenn Show. Let's throw it back to the studio in Raleigh, and then we're back here live in Charlotte at the 2019 ACC Operation Basketball event. More great coaches still to come. Glad you're a part of it on the David Glenn Show. The head devil. David Cutcliffe. You guys have a unique ability to, to just do it right. You know, all the fans are always going to defend their programs, and they should. Sometimes we all make somebody at another program mad or angry, but you guys are very fair to everybody. The David Glenn Show. ACC Operation Basketball. Appreciate Mike Krzyzewski dropping by for an extended visit. The parade of Hall of Famers does not slow down anytime soon. Next up is UNC's Roy Williams. We also have Jim Beheim, yet another national champion coach dropping by in hour number two. Tony Bennett of UVA, yet another national championship coach. In his case, a matter of mere months ago. The Cavaliers leader is going to drop by as a part of our number three. We'll get to Danny Manning of Wake Forest. We'll get to Kevin Keats of NC State. Josh Pastner dropped by earlier today from Georgia Tech. Leonard Hamilton from Florida State. We're going to talk to every ACC head coach. Obviously, the boundaries of our statewide three-hour program do not allow us to bring you all of those coaches today. Again, remember, everything is at accsports.com that we record here in Charlotte a little bit later today and throughout the week. We will have more coaches dropping by. The star players are here, Noah's Ark style. Two from each of the 15 ACC basketball programs. So it is an all airport type experience right now as you look around Uptown Charlotte and our vantage point here. Roy Williams is gonna sit down with us on the other side live. Then we'll get to more coaches later. Roy Williams next on the David Glenn Show. I believe it is the NBA's turn in the line dance. And I don't think they can dance. I don't think they can dance as well as DG dances. And I'm only a three or a four. The David Glenn Show, weekdays at noon.
Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. We're coming at you live from Charlotte, and we are in between Hall of Fame coaches. Mike Krzyzewski of Duke is in the books. Roy Williams of North Carolina is on the way. Jim Beheim of Syracuse will join us in about 20 minutes. Tony Bennett of UVA will join us in our third hour. All 15 ACC head coaches have dropped by or will drop by. As we know that your NFL radar is up as the Panthers head to London to take on Tampa Bay and your NBA radar is up as those preseason games are underway and the confrontation with China continues. And as we look forward to a week in college football where some of the best games involve either teams from our state or from the ACC and SEC, the leagues that we cover most intensely, it is mostly about basketball on our show today even as we look forward to more playoff baseball. Roy Williams, of course, is a three-time national champion. There is something different about his challenge with the Tar Heels this year, and we're going to ask him about it. If you haven't, if you don't follow recruiting, you could be a huge college basketball fan and understand how this stuff works. But unless you follow recruiting, you would have been late to the Zion Williamson party last year, right? You would have had to see him in a Duke uniform to understand the phenomenon that we were all in the process of experiencing. If you follow recruiting, you got a little heads up on that. I mean, you, you understood why this flying sensation had zillions of YouTube followers and, and social media followers. Well, he's not that type of player, but he is a big-time talent in a different way. There's a freshman point guard at UNC named Cole Anthony. And whether if you're a Carolina fan for a long time or you just follow more recently the Tar Heels or anybody else, it's still not super common that by far your most talented player is a true freshman. It does happen more now than it used to happen. But think of what Coach Williams has been through as an assistant to Dean Smith for a long time, or all those years at Kansas, or now these 17 seasons with the North Carolina Tar Heels. Even Michael Jordan arrived in Chapel Hill as a freshman with guys like Sam Perkins and James Worthy as bigger role players on the same team. Now, they won a national championship together, but Michael was the freshman and more of a complimentary player, believe it or not. Cole Anthony's got to be the guy. He's a point guard. For those who don't know, he is the son of the broadcaster and former college star point guard, Greg Anthony. Uh, we still see him come March Madness on the broadcasting side on a regular basis. So that's one unconventional part of what Roy Williams has this year. There's no doubt about it. Like Coach K had to ask his Blue Devils to be led by not one, but two, three, four. The four best players were freshmen last year. And I don't believe that had ever happened in college basketball history until last year. And that experiment ended up with an ACC title and a lot of other good things, but an Elite Eight exit in the NCAA tournament. Part one unconventional with Roy Williams is the Cole Anthony experiment. He's likely a one-and-done player, as you'll soon see if you don't follow recruiting. Part two of the unconventional experiment for Roy Williams compared to the way he's done things for 25-plus years at Kansas and UNC now is that he doesn't lose a lot of guys from transfer and he doesn't take a lot of guys from transfer. In fact, even in a transfer-crazy world, the Tar Heels have lost fewer transfers than anybody else in this league by a significant margin in many cases. They also don't take a lot of transfers, but two rotation players will be the modern-day graduate transfer, where you don't have to sit out a year, you're imme immediately eligible. A guard named Christian Keeling, a forward named Justin Pierce, they played elsewhere last year. They're immediately eligible veteran players for the Tar Heels, and the combination is just 
something UNC basketball has never seen. Best player by far, a true freshman. Other rotation players, brand new but veterans. And then you do have returnees like Garrison Brooks in the post or Brandon Robinson on the perimeter or even kind of the Swiss army knife that Leaky Black is at the forward position. He's back for his sophomore year. So the Tar Heels, in one sense, are where they usually are, contender status. Now, I have Duke and Louisville higher in my personal pecking order, just looking at what's back and who's coming in and, and all the other details that we follow from year to year. But I think I and everybody else would have the Tar Heels in that top four mix where Roy Williams almost always finishes, right? 16-2 and two last year, tied for first in the ACC standings. 29 wins, another Sweet 16, etc. The year before, third place. The year before, first place in the ACC and the national champion in 2017. The year before that, first place in the ACC and the ACC champion. And in that case, he turned out to be the runner-up in the NCAA tournament the year prior to that NCAA title, the latest of his three. The year before that, a fifth place. The year before that, a third place. This is like a Dean Smith story, his mentor, where almost always the Tar Heels are top three. They're often winning the ACC title. They're often going to the Final Four, and they have broken through under Coach Williams three times all the way to the national championship. What is this group going to provide? We'll see, but it's unconventional for the ways that I've explained. What's more common is that like the Blue Devils of Coach K, who stopped by earlier this hour, the Tar Heels have yet another intriguing freshman class, and it's not just because of the five-star point guard, Cole Anthony. That dude, by the way, can drive, he can score, he's actually a better defender than most freshmen are. He was at Oak Hill Academy, one of the top prep schools in the country prior to signing with the Tar Heels. They have a big, name, big man named Armando Baycott. 6'10", center, another five-star guy. He played at IMG Academy, another of those big-time prep schools where you're playing with and against a much higher caliber high school player or prep school level player than what you would face in 99% of American high schools. So Baycott's going to matter a lot right away. He's a big, thick, burly dude with good hands and good touch. Cole Anthony's going to matter even more as... For the second year in a row, Roy Williams asks a true freshman to be the engine that makes the car go, right? It was Kobe White a year ago. It's going to be the true freshman, Cole Anthony. This time, Armando Baycott, the freshman in the post. Jeremiah Francis and Anthony Harris are two more incoming guards in this year's freshman class. What does it all add up to? We'll see. But the recruiting pipeline has not slowed down. The talent pipeline has not slowed down. But it is a different combination of elements than what we're used to seeing from Roy Williams and the Tar Heels. He is now, believe it or not, entering year 17 with the Tar Heels. Roy Williams, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. I know your uh, hair is on fire being pulled from stop to stop, but uh, it's great to see you again. Thanks for uh, always answering our phone calls. and. Appreciate you joining us in person this time. Hey, I got it on. Yeah, Jesus man. Christ, I didn't realize that gum <laughs> intelligence test putting the dang headphones on. <laughs> hey, uh, we only have a relatively short time with you this time, unfortunately, but uh, give me your initial thoughts. It is We have seen you ride star freshmen to great things. Mm -hmm. Tyler Hansbrough, yep. Kobe White just last year. This Cole Anthony dude is a different cat. How does that change either your job as the head coach or your message to your team when most people think by far your most talented player is a brand new guy. Yeah, it's difficult, you know, because he hasn't been through the wars. He hasn't done all the things those other guys have done, but he is really gifted. And uh, 
last year we had Kobe, a freshman point guard, I handed the basketball to. I've already done it to Cole even earlier in practice than I did Kobe last year. Uh, Kobe did a great job. Kobe had more help. You know, we had two freshmen, Nasir Little and Kobe White, who were really gifted this year. We have Armando and, and Cole. They're really gifted. The bad news is we don't have Luke May, Kenny Williams, and Cam <laughs> Johnson. Uh, if we were able to put, replace those guys, it would be a lot easier. How's your dancing skills? Did, did the guys give you good reviews? Does Wanda give you good reviews? Because you've been like an ESPN sensation with some of your <laughs> dancing skills. Well, it, it was uh, something I had done before, and the players said, you've done that before. And I said, yeah, it was 40 years ago. Yeah. Though, Beyonce wasn't singing to doing the music, but uh, it was fine. You know, and my whole thing was let's act like a fool and let them <laughs> laugh at us and get off the court and hopefully move on to better things. And there's something in the water in Chapel Hill because a guy in your age bracket uh, had promised the players. There was Mac Brown oh, shared yeah, a yeah. story with us about, you know, the guys danced and shared something personal. He said, oh, no, no, I'm not dancing until you guys win a game. And then they won the game. Uh, what is your perspective now that there's a new sheriff in town on the football side? And uh, there's been some exciting things oh, that have gosh. rejuvenated the football fan base, just like your basketball fan base tends to be charged up every year. You know, David, it's, it's uh, Mac has brought a great deal of enthusiasm to our place. And, uh, it, the season has been unbelievable. The first five games, we could have been 5-0 and or could have been 0-5. Yeah. And then just, uh, we played better and caught Georgia Tech at a good time this weekend. But those first five games were phenomenal. I loved his immediate reaction of going for two against Clemson. I thought that was exactly what you should do. And I was hoping he was going to do. And it was no reaction. What's, oh, yeah, well, that's what we're doing. Bam. And unfortunately for us, it didn't work. But he really has uh, increased the interest, the excitement we have in North Carolina football, and uh, and we still have a chance to win our division. We'll see what happens down the stretch. Coach, you're in, like, the Dean Smith neighborhood with some of your numbers now. I think I first met you in, like, 1987 <laughs> when I used to enjoy conversations with Coach Smith. Uh, I mean, you don't, I don't know if revere is the right word, but yeah. the way you talk about him is as complimentary as any human being to human being. What jumps to your mind when, heck, you have three times as many national titles as your mentor, no, and no, now no. you're he climbing got, he some got other. Two. He got two. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. Of course he did. <laughs> I, I wasn't around for the first one. I remember yeah, 93 right. better. Um, but what, what is that? How does that hit your radar? Because it has to be just almost unthinkable compared to what you remember as an assistant coach. Well, it is unthinkable for me because those are just numbers. And, you know, people say, well, your numbers are similar or whatever. Uh, but I thought Coach Smith was the best coach I'd ever seen in my life and ever still have seen, but he was even better off the court. And, and I can never do as well as he did there. He was just so good with people, caring about people, keep taking care of them, being concerned about them for the rest of their lives. And I try, but I'm not anywhere close to him there. And it's something the, the games, you know, we play more games now than they played at that time. And uh, those are just numbers. But uh, I, I don't think you should put Roy Williams and Dean Smith in the same sentence. I'm just a guy, but I think you all belong in the same sentence. I hope you don't get mad at me <laughs> no, if I say that. Just as an outside observer who, yeah. who's interviewed both of you many times. Well, that's nice, but it, I really don't, so it doesn't, uh, it doesn't really affect but me. But we're allowed there. to say it, right? Well, okay. I, I, I <laughs> you, you don't. We will. Um, among your returnees, uh, Leaky Black is somebody whose name has popped up a lot mm -hmm. as just somebody that you think has a lot more to show from last year and kind of like in uh, – you know, a Swiss Army knife style with some of your other recent players, he can help you at a lot of different places. You know, we've got Garrison Brooks who started for us and is really a solid foundation for the other guys to lean on. Uh, Brandon Robinson played some. Andrew Playtech played a little. 
but the guy who may be the most important guy on our team is Leakey. He's been hurt. You know, he missed all that time last year. Uh, it's been difficult for him in the preseason. He hasn't had a full practice yet. We're trying to treat him with kid gloves, and we need to because he's really, really important to us. And if when he's out there on the court, our team changes dramatically. And we had a couple of scrimmage moments yesterday at practice, and when he's on the court, our team is just completely different. So we need him to get healthy and stay healthy. And in practice yesterday, he played the one, the two, the three, and the four. And that's an unbelievable thing and did them all well. In some years, we have this nice, easy 20-minute conversation with you. We're actually about a minute away from a commercial break that we have to take. Everybody's chiming in on the name, image, likeness thing. I know your bottom line is when Peyton Manning saw his jersey get sold, yeah. it wasn't fair to him, but it's complicated and you don't have the answers. Exactly right. We're talking so much right now about something that's not even supposed to take effect until 2023. So I've got another line for you. I just hope to be on the right side of the divot in 2023. Uh, but you're exactly right. They're so complicated. We are more student athlete friendly than we've ever been. My guys don't have the same complications that Sean May had when he was in school. We are making it better. We're moving at a snail's pace. And I really believe that it's a snail's pace that what we're doing and moving to help make it better for the student athlete. But that is really, really complicated. Do you feel young at 69 years old when you look at s almost 75, Jim Behan? I'm actually against the break, but go ahead and give That's me 10 right. seconds on that. Okay. Uh, I haven't seen Jimmy this morning, so I don't know what he looks like, but I just tell everybody I celebrated my 29th birthday for the 40th year in a row. <laughs> for the record, Coach Williams looks healthy, tan, and good, as always. Sorry it's a shorter <laughs> visit this time, but thank you, as always, for your time on the David Lynch Show. David, thank you very much. Great to see you. Good to see you. We're back after this live in Charlotte at ACC Operation Basketball next. I would never be so competitive, so childish, that I would actually keep track of my record as a coach in youth soccer. I mean, that would be ridiculous. So when I think about my 78 wins, two losses, and four <laughs> ties, not that I was keeping track or anything. Stay with us on the David Glenn Show.